everybody, Zach, back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. Unfortunately, there's a few things missing from my new profile screen here. Noticeably, <laughs> crown and trophy have gone away, but hey, it, it shows me off a little bit better, so that's good. But uh, hopefully, hopefully you guys like this episode we've got in front for you guys. We're doing another top 10 list. This will be our fourth edition of a top 10 series. And on it, we're going to be talking about college football rivalries, our favorite snack foods, and the greatest NFL teams of all time. So it should be fun. And there's definitely a couple head-scratching moments planned ahead as well. <laughs> now let me introduce <laughs> you to the rest of the crew. Yeah, what's up, guys? I'm Connor. I'm uh, really excited to do a mostly all football-themed top 10 episode. It's going to be fun. I also recently, if you guys follow us on all, each of us on Twitter, I recently got my new TJ Watt jersey from the Regulators podcast. Fits perfectly. And I'm ready to show it off. But I'm, I'm excited for this top 10 and to especially to talk about the football. What's going on, guys? Eric here, your ranting co host. And I'm excited because I have the day off tomorrow. <laughs> I don't care. That's a, that's a good thing to be excited. <laughs> I'm pretty stoked about that and glad that I was able to get off not too late tonight so I could be a part of this episode. Uh, even though I'm the only one that hasn't won on Sports Jeopardy yet, I'm, I'm still maintaining my high spirits. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? It's Nate here. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you may notice something a little bit different about my slide there. Um, excited to have won Jeopardy last week. Um, having a good time with it until our next round. Hopefully, I can uh, keep that picture up there for another round. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't don't worry. I'm coming back to put everybody in their place next time. Ooh. <laughs> oh. And Connor's going to put like 18 things on his slide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Watch out. We'll, we'll see, you know, I, I can't wait till I get to that point where I win five of them so then I can put Booker T on my slide going five times, five times, five times. <laughs> oh, he's already got a plan. He's oh. planning it out. <laughs> I got to ask you, Nate, though, um, how long did it take you to, to do the Photoshop here? Was this a quick thing for you to do, or did you actually spend some time doing it? Because it, it looks pretty well done. It really wasn't that bad. I have an app on my phone that um, – that's why I made the other picture on my slide there of um, – Jarrett's did them, but it, it took me like a half hour maybe. Oh, okay. so a little, little project. I was bored. I was like, might as well. Yeah. <laughs> might as well. Got nothing, nothing better to do right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting in the house, I was like, might yeah. as well. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah. So we we do have a top ten. Like I said, it's football. It's a football heavy episode. So if you like college and NFL football, you should enjoy our list as well as anybody who partakes in snacking which i'm sure applies to everybody listening and watching so got <laughs> something for everybody because everybody knows snacks are important um Obviously. eric is especially fond of those i know so he's gonna lead off that section but uh <laughs> 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 we're gonna start you make you college. make you make it sound like eric's fat <laughs> <laughs> i know, I know. Fat. as soon as i said that i was like oh, sometimes but, sometimes yeah. i wonder how i'm not though to be totally honest <laughs> <laughs> all right so we've got the top 10 college football rivalries and my list you'll see there's definitely bias i mean there's gonna be bias with everybody's list probably but especially with my list i decided not to be biased with tennessee or usf or anything and i've left my favorite teams on this list because i really thought they didn't deserve it um but the big bias that you'll see in my list is a theme of sec teams which I think I'll be able to justify. Sorry, yeah, sorry, Mark, SEC hater, Big Ten defender. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was that was Mark's nickname a couple months ago when when we were talking. Him and I were talking about the how LSU and Ohio State should have been ranked in the standings and whatnot. But uh, but yeah, I mean the SEC really dominates college football now. They set the example. Uh, and they have the most teams that are are very good. I mean, there's good teams in every conference. All the Power Five conferences have some historically great teams, but it seems like the SEC just has the most of those. Um, and so, starting off my list at number one, it's got to be the Iron Bowl. 
Alabama and Auburn. I mean, these these two teams always every year you watch the NFL draft and you see this guy picked from Auburn, this guy picked from Alabama. I mean, especially Alabama in the first round, but the Auburn players, they're too, they're there as well. And a lot of times the players playing at these two schools play in the same state. Obviously they're proximity wise. That's a huge thing. When the state of Alabama is probably known most for college football and it's obviously these two teams are the best at it. And, and another good thing about this rivalry, especially in recent years is it's really been Auburn has been Alabama's toughest test basically for the past decade. I mean, if Alabama doesn't go undefeated, typically they lose at Auburn. And similarly, Auburn has had some very good years too. They won a national championship not too long ago. So these two teams have had recent success. It's a historical rivalry been going on a long time. Obviously this picture here of the kickoff return or not kickoff, the, the uh, field goal, return <laughs> uh, was pretty pretty historic moment and pretty craziness but that sums up this rivalry it's it's always high spirited it's always competitive and these two teams are, are great so that's why i have that as the number one rivalry number two i've got alabama and lsu because this is another one of those rivalries with alabama has where typically the winner of this game wins the sec and at the very least wins the sec west Obviously, these two teams don't like each other at all. These games always seem to be defensive battles, too, and a lot of Heisman Trophy winners have came out of these uh, great Heisman moments coming from these games, just like at Joe Burrow last year. Um, so also, too, you have Nick Saban, who previously coached at LSU, who is now at Alabama. So that's another factor into this rivalry. It's just another Deep South rivalry that I think is with two of the best teams in the SEC. So that's number two on my list. Number three, going out of the SEC for this one, I've got Army and Navy, obviously. What? I mean, <laughs> yeah, this, uh, I mean, these two teams obviously aren't at the level currently as many of the teams on my list, but still this is when many people uh, think of college football, they think of this game. I mean, it has a whole week to itself, basically, at the end of the season before the conference championship games, it's basically the army Navy week. I don't even think any other games are played, um, which is pretty crazy, but the amount of people, the, this game, the amount of everybody has some connection to it too. Every, most everybody has some family members that are in the armed forces or were in the armed forces and either were in the army or Navy. So it's one of those things that goes to everybody even non-sports fans, I think it's one of those things that kind of unites everybody. And it's also kind of, it's also a positive rivalry. I mean, it's, you know, these people are defending the country, so it's hard to root against either of them. But uh, I know between the, the army and Navy, they want to win this game. Obviously it means a lot of pride and it's one of those things that kind of transcends college football and it it's played cause college football, but it's really a much greater than that. Um, then I've got Georgia and Florida here at number four. Um, this is a pretty massive rivalry game because they play annually in Jacksonville, uh, which is where I live, obviously. And it's it's a huge event, man. It's it's crazy the amount of people that come to this thing. Uh, it really put Jacksonville sports scene on the map, I believe, uh, back in the 80s and 90s and even 70s. So between the teams, Georgia and Florida, they've always had very, very successful teams for the most part. And this is another one of those instances where the winner of this game, especially now, typically wins the SEC East. And it, you see the rivalry is real, though, between Georgia and Florida. I mean, make no mistake about that. These two teams don't like each other. And the games are always close. I, I love watching these games. Um they're they're just always fun to watch in October. Um, then next, I've got Ohio State, Michigan, and some people are going to be like, oh, you should have them higher on your list. But in my lifetime, I've never watched an Ohio State, Michigan game that was really really exciting. I mean, it seems like Ohio State's just dominated Michigan from what I can remember. So I know these teams obviously have a lot of great NFL players and whatnot and. This game gets played every year, like all the others, but 
it's a rivalry. I'm giving it respect by putting it on this list, but my interest level in it is just not that high. Um, so that's why I have it at number four, I guess, or five. And then I've got the Red River Showdown, Oklahoma and Texas here. This is the middle part of the country. Often gets overlooked on these sort of lists, but I've got them here because this basically determines the winner in the Big 12. Um, it's a it's a classic rivalry. I don't know too much about either of these teams really historically, but they've both been very, very good. So it's also another one of those things where truly when they say, oh, throw out the records, it's a rivalry game. Throw out the records, it's a rivalry game. It doesn't matter how up or down either of these teams are. It, it's going to be fought evenly, which I think is a good characteristic for a rivalry game. And then I've got Florida, Florida State. This is uh, a Sunshine State battle. I mean, Florida bias here. But when I, especially in middle school, I remember whenever rivalry week for college football came up, everybody would be wearing Florida or Florida State. I mean, that was the predominant favorite teams at the school I went to. But, uh, Nate, you'll know. (laughs) It seems like everybody, (laughs) it seems like everybody, you were either Florida or Florida State, and everybody showed it off at school. Um, so I just know from where I live, especially in the city, that's kind of in a crossroads between the two schools that it's huge, but you get players too, that come from Tallahassee that play for Florida and you get and vice versa. It's pretty crazy. Uh, the rivalry and the connection between the schools and players and the surrounding areas. So got that at number seven and then number eight, I'm going out West here with the Holy war between BYU and Utah. This is one that I always knew was a highly spirited rivalry. I mean, it's called the Holy War, but it's really, (laughs) this is kind of like the Army-Navy thing where it kind of transcends football, where it's like you have seven generations of uh, a family that all go to Utah, and then the one person that goes to BYU, it's like they get, I've seen videos of this where like they get, like they have to get therapy that like they went to a, the rival they went to the to BYU or they went to Utah and their whole family and all their traditions have gone <laughs> to one of these schools so it's <laughs> it's one of those where it's like really you you really draw the line fine but um i and then i looked up some statistics on it and this is interesting i saw I'm, i didn't see a reasoning for this but they both schools claim different all-time records BYU says six games don't count for some reason. I don't know why they say that. I couldn't find an explanation, but uh, Utah leads the series, obviously. But And then I looked up some other infamous moments between the rivalry, and I, I wanted to share this because it was pretty funny. But So they were uh, playing a game at BYU one year, and Utah had just scored a touchdown, and one of the cheerleaders ran across with a flag, like a, a big U flag, uh, celebrating on a BYU sideline. And or not in the BYU sideline, but just around BYU fans. And then a BYU fan jumped out of the out of the stands and went and tackled the cheerleader, and then the cheerleader started punching the the, <laughs> the fan. It, it was just a whole big thing. And then uh, and then one of the Utah players, I can't remember who he was, but he quoted because they they won that year. They said, "Even our cheerleaders are kicking your butts." Um, so this is uh, this is a highly highly contested rivalry. I think a lot of people don't know about because it it's played earlier in the season. Uh, they're not in the same conference or anything. But yeah, this it's spirited. It's a it's a tradition thing, and it's been going on for a long time too. Um, George, speaking of going on for a long time, Auburn and Georgia. This is another deep south rivalry I have on my list. These two teams are are geographically located really close to each other. I'd almost argue that. Georgia is more of a rival to Auburn than Alabama is. Um, even though I've got Alabama Auburn ahead, I think I think Auburn fans want to win this game just as much or maybe more as the Alabama game. Um, it's actually the second most played ri- rivalry in FBS. Uh, it's a very competitive series. Georgia leads 60 to 56. Um, and another thing too, the whole War Eagle. Th- uh, nickname for Auburn actually originated in this game with a veteran who had an eagle fly up to him or something like that, and the War Eagle thing started during this game. And then just another uh, statistic to kind of emphasize how dirty this rivalry can be is, is <laughs> they they keep this. I mean, they keep statistics for everything nowadays, but this one really, I was like, wow. Uh, so since 2006, apparently. 
this game between these two teams has averaged the most personal fouls with like 5.6 personal fouls a game. Uh, so that's pretty crazy to think about almost six personal fouls in a game, but every other, every time they play, which is, it shows you how, uh, how dirty these two teams can play against each other because they want to win that bad. And then I've got another sunshine rivalry down here between Miami and Florida state. This is another, it's kind of fallen off in recent years, but back in the nineties, especially this was, this won the ACC and, so many of these Miami or Florida State teams ended up being national champions too. Jimmy Johnson, Bobby Bowden, um, just and then another thing too about this: three of the five highest-rated games on ESPN college football games were between Miami and Florida State. So this is another another instance where you get players across the state being recruited by one school, maybe being snubbed by another. They have. Uh, Hatred towards, I mean, there's pure hatred between all these teams on here, but this one especially, I know, I know Miami and Florida State fans have hatred for each other, <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's harsh, but it, it is what it is. You can see with these players, I'm sure they're not saying pretty things about each other on this on the screen here. So uh, that's my top ten list, and I'm interested to see some of your guys' list because they look different than mine, I'll tell you that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with Connor next here to talk us through your list. Yeah, so, well, unlike Zach, I do have a little bit of bias in this list but in terms of favorite teams, but I kind of left those towards the bottom. So that way, you know, I didn't put anything, like, you know, out, out of the blue at the top. So, but um, like Zach, I also have... Alabama Auburn at number one and like Zach said I mean this is like it seems like this is the rivalry game every year because it seems like you know especially like this year for example you know Alabama they needed to beat Auburn if they beat Auburn they still had a chance of getting into the college football playoff if they lost to Auburn they were out so this game it really and you know Zach was saying how the game between Alabama and LSU like decides the SEC West this game almost kind of is like the other game that will determine the SCC West every now and then because Auburn always has lots of success. So um, just, and like Zach said, it's a historical rivalry. It's very competitive. I mean, kind of like for the Patriots in the NFL, like when they go to Miami, whenever Alabama goes to Auburn, they just, something happens to them. They're a different team. Even They can be like the most dominant team in the league, you know, in college mm-hmm. football and then somehow they go to Auburn and they either get beat or they just look like a shell of themselves. So it's something about this game. And it's it's always really intriguing to watch every year. Um, so then at number two, I put the Army-Navy game. Like Zach said, this is it's it has a whole week dedicated just to this game, which you were saying that you don't know if any if there are any other games played. There well, I, I knew. Yeah, I know. Oh, OK. Yeah. yeah, there aren't. Like you said, there are no other games played during that week. Unfortunately, I feel like the... <laughs> Like Navy Air, I feel like Air Force kind of gets excluded a little bit here when it comes to this game because <laughs> yeah. the Commander in Chief's trophy is fought between Army, Navy, and Air Force. And actually, in the all-time series between these three teams, Air Force actually has the best record when it comes to the Commander in Chief's trophy. But the Army Navy game has always been the most important and the most watched out of this out of these games. And um, it's, it was nice that I think one thing that put it up a little bit higher for me was that recently army has finally started to get better because Navy kind of dominated this game for a long time. And, um, they were on like a really big winning streak, but thankfully in the past few years, army has gotten it back together and they've won, I think like three out of the last four, I think have gone to army. So it's getting to be a competitive ball game and just the history behind it. Um, so then at number three, I have Ohio state versus Michigan, Definitely, if it hadn't been for the fact that this rivalry has been not competitive at all in the past, I mean, I looked it up, the statistic that in the last 16 seasons, Michigan's only won once, and Ohio State's won the last eight in a row. So, unfortunately for Michigan, when it comes to their biggest and most bitter rival, they are just getting their butts whooped all over the place for that. Um, so, had it not been for that, this probably would have been number one on my list, but... Michigan's just been getting their butt whooped, and this game doesn't seem to mean as much as it used to. It still has a lot of history and a lot of hype around it, but Michigan really needs to start getting 
more results. Otherwise, this rivalry, like if we were to ever talk about this again, this would just keep falling down the list because it's, you know, you can say it's a rivalry. It's kind of like the Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns rivalry in the NFL where like, (laughs) you know, the Steelers and Browns are supposed to be these big rivals, but the Steelers win, you know, nine times out of 10. So it's like, can you really call it much of a rivalry if one team's winning all the time? So then I do have at number four, the Oklahoma-Texas rivalry. This game, I'm not sure, like Zach said that it kind of determines the Big 12. I don't think as much it does anymore because Texas has kind of had like these up and down seasons the past few years. But, you know, it's one of these rivalry games that's I've always liked the ones that go on neutral locations because, you know, the Alabama-Auburn, Ohio State-Michigan, Alabama-LSU, those are all played you know, they switch the, they switch stadiums, but like with the Georgia, Florida one, the Oklahoma, Texas one's always played in a neutral location. And it's really the highlight of the big 12 season, which is what makes it so good because yeah, there's like Oklahoma and Oklahoma state and Texas and Texas tech and some of these other in Kansas and Kansas state. But when you talk about the big 12 schedule, the only game that anybody ever really looks forward to is the Oklahoma, Texas game. Cause unfortunately for the big 12, they're kind of, overshadowed by the sec and the big 10 when it comes to big rivalry games so um but this game's been going on forever i mean oklahoma and texas have been i mean they're right next to each other they've been in the same conference forever way back when so and it did used to be a bigger game in terms of like deciding more but um it has to definitely has to be on the list though Then with Alabama and LSU at number five, I put this one down a bit lower on the list because while it, you know, LSU and Alabama are both really good teams for most seasons, this does, this game does have a bit more of the Ohio State Michigan feel to it in terms of dominance. Alabama, obviously last year, LSU won. It was a, LSU dominated the start. Alabama started to come back. It was a decent game, but for the most part in the past, you know, 10, 12 seasons, 10, 11, 12 seasons, Alabama's dominated this game. I think LSU has only won once or twice in the past 10, 11, 12 years. So um, it's, and I don't think it has as big of a history as say like Ohio State, Michigan, you know, people don't look at the calendar and go, oh, Alabama, LSU, that's like, you know, you know, there's so much history in this game and blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, they, they don't really see that as much, as you do in like the Ohio state, Michigan or the army Navy game. So that's why I put that one down a little bit lower could definitely start going up. If LSU can start winning more games in the future. I think that's unfortunately partly due. I'm going to probably make a lot of LSU fans mad here, but I feel like LSU is always one of the most overrated teams going into every season. Obviously this year they won the national championship. So good for them, but it seems like other than this season, this was like an exception. It seems like every year they go in, they think LSU is going to be this awesome team, and then they're not even there in the college football playoffs. So that's another reason why I have this game a little bit lower. Sorry, LSU fans, but your team is just a bit overrated most of the time. Not this season, though. I'll give you credit yeah. for this season. Then um, at number six, I have the first new rivalry that Zach didn't talk about. It's the USC-Notre Dame rivalry. This is another really old-timey historic rivalry. This has been going on forever, it feels like. And I think the re- one of the reasons why I put this on here mostly is because Notre Dame, being an independent, they don't really have very many rivalries that they get to play every year. Because when you're in the same conference with another team, obviously you're going to end up playing them every year for the most part, especially if you're in the same division. You're going to play them every year. But Notre Dame is an independent, and they've you know, they've got these small ties to the ACC, but they don't play any regular ACC games. And they used to have all these games that like, they played against Big Ten teams. Like they had a rivalry with Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, but they don't play those games every year anymore. They kind of got thrown to the wayside when the whole college football playoff system started. But they, but there's one game that they do play every year against a major team. It's USC. They still play this game every single year. And it's and it's a competitive game too. I mean, USC had its moments of dominance. Notre Dame's been winning quite a bit recently, but it's not a lopsided rivalry. It's a competitive rivalry, and both teams, you know, it's Notre it's Notre Dame's highlight of the season, and honestly, it's probably USC's highlight of the season. Even though they've got their Pac-12 rivalries with like UCLA and 
Washington State and all these other and Stanford and Cal, they're they want to beat Notre Dame more than any other team. And Notre Dame wants to beat USC more than any other team. So I wanted to highlight that rivalry. Then I've got the Georgia-Florida game at number seven. Like Zach said, this rivalry is it determines the SEC East, it seems like, for the all the time now. Unfortunately, I know you guys wish that Tennessee would always be in that fight yeah. <laughs> more recently. But for the for the time being, it's Georgia and Florida that determines the SEC East for the most part. So, And again, like I said before, neutral location. It's always fun having a neutral location game because it really does – like the crowd at that point is 50-50. You know, even though when you have a big rivalry game, fans from the opposing team are going to come and probably fill up like 20, 25 percent. But when you have a neutral location, it's 50 50 for the most part. So it makes it fun. Then at number eight, I have going with the only rivalry on any of these lists that is not a Division One rivalry. This is the only FCS rivalry on the list. It's Harvard and Yale, mainly because this is probably even more so than Ohio State, Michigan, even more so than Army, Navy, even more so than USC, Notre Dame. This is the most historic and most, I don't know if I should say oldest, but it feels like it's the oldest rivalry in all of college football. Because in, when college football was just a wee tiny baby back in the late, really late 1800s, Harvard and Yale were the two teams that would fight it out every year for the championship. Princeton was always in kind of in there somewhere, but it was always Harvard and Yale, and these two teams were fighting it out, and they still obviously play each other every year in the Ivy League. And apparently the game's become a hotbed for protests, too, just like this past year with uh, climate change protesters (laughs) uh, protesting (laughs) the game. And I'm not sure why the stadium didn't have lights on it, but so they had, there was worry that the game was going to be, uh, have to end early because there were no lights on the stadium. That seems kind of weird. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's just this game. It represents everything about college football in many ways, in more ways than one. And it's I just couldn't see any way that I could keep this game off the list. So then I'm getting to my biases here. Number nine at the bottom <laughs> of my list, we got Duke versus UNC. Obviously, if this was a list about college basketball, this would definitely have an argument for being number one. But the teams, because both, obviously both these teams are every single year in college basketball, they're fighting it out for to be the best team in the league. And, you know, they've won multiple national championships. But in football, they're definitely not the powerhouses in football that they are in college basketball. But I still had to put it on here because, I mean, the hate is still there. I mean, you see the hate in basketball, but I went to a game recently at Keenan Memorial in Chapel Hill, and, you know, it was thankfully for my sake, UNC dominated the game. It was 63 to 31 or something was the final score. But these teams still hate each other, and they still, you know, they have the victory bell that they play for every year. And I always like how, because there are two other rivalries in college football that use the victory bell. I don't remember what the teams are. I know one of them is like Cincinnati and somebody. And I can't remember what the other one is, but this one's unique because the other victory bells are all kind of, they're painted. Like the Cincinnati one is a black and red victory bell, and the other one is painted some other color. But this victory bell, whichever team wins the rivalry game, they get to paint the the victory bell that year. So whenever UNC wins, they get to spray paint it light blue, and then, you know, it stays light blue until... Duke wins it back and then Duke will spray paint it dark blue. So, I mean, you always see after the game, whenever the one team will take it back, they, all the players have cans of spray paint and they're just spray painting the trophies. That's great. Yeah. I I think that's a really cool thing an interaction with the trophy. So um, had to put that on there. And then finally at number 10, even more bias on my part, um, (laughs) I had to put include Appalachian state on this list and, there was no other rivalry for Appalachian State to put on here than their rivalry with Georgia Southern. The rivalry's name is called Deeper Than Hate. And <laughs> I actually read an interesting stat about this game that this game, they've been playing each other since they were in the FCS, since they were Division II teams. This is not a rivalry that started in Division One. It started way back in Division Two. And the interesting stat that I read that no player, because they play each other every year, there's been no four-year player where 
like one team has won four games in a row. So like if someone came in as a mm. freshman and was there until they were a senior, there was never a time where like App State won four times in a row or Georgia Southern won four times in a row. That's never happened in the history of this rivalry game. So it just shows the competitiveness of this game. And especially now with both teams being Sunbelt conference powerhouses and also being in the same division, it will usually determine the Sunbelt East who's going to win. And unfortunately for App State's sake, they have an even bigger reason to hate Georgia Southern because the past two seasons, you know, not this past season, but the season before App State, it was the first time they'd ever been ranked in school history. You know, they got to number 25, like, oh, this is such a big accomplishment. Like, you know, we can take this, we can ride with this. And in the very next week, that feeling, that feeling of accomplishment and success got taken away by Georgia Southern and App State was never ranked again that season. And the same thing this season, when even though App State was 13 and one, thankfully for us, we had a more, uh, a greater resume this year. So we were able to stay in the top 25, but there was some worry that halfway through the season, we weren't even going to win the Sun Belt because again, Georgia Southern somehow got in our way and beat us. And this year, what made it even more stinging this year was the previous year we lost at Georgia Southern. This year, they came into Boone and beat us on Halloween night, and we were, it's, I don't even know what to say, that for some reason, they're just our, they beat us, and. It was, I remember, it was super cold that night, too. Oh, like. my goodness, I, it, it, it was actually, there's only two home games that I've been to at App State that they've lost. One was to Wake Forest, and I'm not even going to talk about that game, because our kicker completely blew that game for us, but this was the other game. And I remember like all the games up to this point that I'd watched at home, we've we've dominated because we're a really dominant team when it comes to playing against our conference. And, you know, this was the first game that I went to. And like Zach said, to make matters worse, it was freezing. I mean, it was like sub 20 degrees. The wind chill was like in the negatives. It was half sleeting, half snowing. Like it was just horrible conditions <laughs> to be at a football game. And on top Dude. of all <laughs> and on top of all that, they were just kicking our butts like completely. I mean, the score at the end was like 28 to 21, but the score really shouldn't have been like that. It should have been like 28 to 3 for Georgia Southern. We were just playing god awful in that game. So I definitely, if the, I know that's a little bit of bias putting this on here because I know these guys would have never even thought to, and probably no one else would ever think to put this rivalry on here, but I felt that. I had to include it on this list. So, all right, very good. That's my... <laughs> before we before we move on, I got one question. Were you guys after that after you were ranked for the first time at number 25, were you guys saying we want Bama, we want Bama? Well, <laughs> actually, yeah. Santa? Oh, well, trust me, I've seen maybe not as much at that time because we weren't undefeated, mm-hmm. but what made like I said going in this year, we were undefeated going into that game. We had a lot of high hopes that we were going to go undefeated, that we were going to go 14 and 0. And that we were like 8 and 0 going into that game and yeah, there were people at my school that had signs <laughs> that were like we want Bama and I'm I'm thinking in my head like no, we don't want Alabama. We just <laughs> kill it if we played Alabama. Yeah. But yeah. We were we were riding high, man. And yeah, they, they, they tore us down for the second year in a row. <laughs> yeah. All right, Eric, tell us about your list here for a little bit. Yeah, I'll go quicker. Yeah. Uh, I know we've been talking for a while, and then not only plus I'm like the least knowledgeable <laughs> college <okay>. football guy <laughs> on the panel. So if you listen to this and you think my list sucks, like, I don't care. So <laughs> Eric will rant, Eric will rant about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But like like Zach and Connor, I've got Alabama and Auburn number one, even though I hate Alabama with every fiber of my being. Uh, this has always been one of my favorite games to watch. It's, you know, towards the very end of the season, it, it almost always has a big impact on how the season turns out, as the guys already said. So uh, I, I really enjoy watching this game. And then Army-Navy, while this one might not have the – hatred to it as some of these other ones i put it at number two uh because one with the history of it and then as zach mentioned you know it's people that are defending the country like it's really cool i like that it has its own week where they get the spotlight on them i like that a lot 
And as Connor said, too, it's also helped that Army has been getting better over the years, which has made it a more competitive game and which makes it even more exciting to watch. So and then at number three, going with the Red River Showdown, um, this is one I contemplated putting it a little bit lower, I, but at the same time. Throughout my lifetime, this has always been a really competitive rivalry. And like the Florida-Georgia, which I do have that one later on my list, but like that one, I enjoy the neutral site rivalries. I always think it's really cool when at some point during the game you see like the Goodyear blimp and you see the crowd and it you can see it split down the line like half red, half orange or whatever, half red, half blue for the Florida-Georgia it always just looks really cool seeing a neutral site and that there's no true home field advantage. So I really enjoy that a lot. Number four, Ohio state, Michigan, same reason as Connor as to why I don't have this one higher. If I was doing this rank, if I was doing these rankings when I was a kid, this would have probably been, even though I'm an sec bias as a Tennessee fan, this would have been my number one with, uh, the hatred these two teams have for each other and the intensity of it. But like Connor said, though, it doesn't feel as intense when the same team is winning every time. So, and especially lately, like most of the time, it's not even, even though Ohio state's dominated the rivalry, most of the time it's not even like, Oh, Ohio state's won a bunch in a row, but they were all really close games. Like most of them have been blowouts. So Michigan's going to need to get it, together and start playing better and winning some of these to for me to move this rivalry up higher on my list it's one I would like to be higher on my list because like Alabama and Auburn it happens you know more at the end of the season and you know it should have a big effect on the conference standings but right now it just isn't so I had contemplated putting that one a little lower as well but I just because of the history of it I kept it at four number five uh former state I used to live in Florida this was a big rivalry even though just like Alabama I hate Florida with every fiber in my being as well (laughs) I uh I always got excited for this one just because you know between people in my school and people in my my youth group that I was in at my church uh shout out Lakeshore Methodist (laughs) (laughs) uh shout out to them y'all know who you are but uh, I always wa- I always enjoyed watching, you know, my friends, and it was pretty evenly split between my friends who were Gator fans and who were Florida State fans, and I still see a little bit of camaraderie on Facebook or stuff. But I always enjoyed watching my friends go at it with each other with this rivalry. Of course, I always rooted for Florida State since I hate Florida so much, but uh, I enjoy the local camaraderie there with that one. And then... Alabama LSU, I kind of have here at number six. I have for similar reasons as Connor as to why I don't have this one higher up there with Alabama and Auburn. I also give LSU a lot of credit for the way they played last year, being so beast and winning the national championship and everything. But this is another one, though, kind of like Ohio State, Michigan, where for the most part, it's been Alabama's rivalry for the most part. So I couldn't put it higher, but... It is another one, though, that like every year I feel like I always look forward to it. And then coming in at number seven, also pretty much in agreement here with Connor, USC, Notre Dame. I don't really like either of these teams, so my interest in it isn't necessarily as super high as some of these other ones. But at the same time, when I have watched these games, I've enjoyed them. As Connor said, it's been a pretty competitive rivalry and everything. And then at number eight, another local one for me, uh, the Florida-Georgia rivalry with uh, the game being played in Jacksonville every year. I didn't quite have as many friends that were Georgia fans. It was more dominated by Gator fans. But at the same time, I always enjoyed watching it and knowing that the game was being played just minutes from where I live. So really great rivalry there. And kind of like I mentioned with Oklahoma, Texas, I really enjoy the neutral site rivalry of it. And as Zach said, the, the hatred between these two teams is very real. They can't stand each other. 
And then Notre Dame, Michigan, while they haven't played as many times uh, lately, they had a few years off. They've still played several times in the last 20 years. So I don't have this one up as high on my list because of them not playing every year. But this is a really fun rivalry. And this one, at least unlike Michigan, Ohio State, has at least been more even throughout their last decade (laughs) playing. Uh, Michigan yeah. can actually win some of these games. <laughs> yeah, Michigan's won it a few times, so that's good. <laughs> and, uh, lastly, to round out my top ten, uh, I didn't see Nate's list yet, but I know uh, I know Connor and Zach didn't have this one in there. But uh, Cal and Stanford, I don't get to see this one as much because of it being a uh, you know rivalry so far out west. I don't always get to see these games, but. I figured I just I had to put it on my list because uh, this is another rivalry that's been going on for uh, quite a while. And uh, obviously, you know, there was the big incident a long time ago where there was the final play and the fans, the marching band thought the game was over and uh, the band was (laughs) running out on the field and the commentator. The band's on the field. field." (laughs) (laughs) Just like. One of the craziest moments in college football history. So I felt like I had to put that one in there. But, okay. yeah, that's going to do it for my top ten. So, Nate, what you got? All right. So pretty much the same as everyone for number one pick, um, the Iron Bowl. Um, other three guys kind of explained everything you know about this rivalry. Like, it's basically the biggest game on the regular season calendar. Um, aside from, like, the conference championship, Chips in the bowl games like this is what everyone pretty much watches for regardless of who your favorite team is um so that's a pretty clear um choice there at number one um number two i was a little bit higher on the um ohio state michigan game um than the other guys were just because like just you know, like the tradition of it and it hasn't been as competitive um in recent years but it's definitely one that i still get excited for um, to tune in and watch, just like the whole atmosphere and the environment and the history of it. Um, I think that Mich- Michigan like. might have a chance this year. Yeah. <laughs> every year they say that. Every year they say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but who knows? But it's definitely one that I think I just appreciate the tradition of a lot personally. Um, that's why it's number two for me. Um, just one of like the iconic kind of rivalries of the game. Um, number three, I've got Army Navy. Um, like you guys said, it's um, it's kind of more than like college football. Obviously, like these players are gonna go on to defend their country and do huge things in that area. So you kind of can't really go wrong like rooting for either team. It's just like a you know big game, the only game of the week. So it's really like a huge game. I uh, just sit down and watch. So uh, that's my number three pick. Um, number four, I've got Harvard and Yale. Um, the game. Um, I know it's a little bit higher than some of the other rivalries, but um, it's not really televised, which I think is the biggest thing it's got going against it. Um, obviously, like these other games, like you tune into every year, and this is like a staple of the college football schedule. But I gave this rivalry props just for the tradition of it. Um, their first meeting was in 1875, and to still be playing the game today is pretty like cool to me. I, don't know, I just think it's really neat, and um, you know, out of all the, I think it's like it's as competitive as some of these other rivalries, just because the Ivy League doesn't participate in like the playoffs for the FCS or anything like that. So that really is like those team Super Bowls. So it's definitely a big game um, and deserves some credit. Um, number five, I've got Alabama and LSU. Um, this one is like it's a game that i wanted to put higher just because like some of the recent things when you really think about it alabama has um dominated the series but i gave it points for um the last couple of years they've produced some pretty solid um entertaining meetings between these two teams and plus the history they've got with um that year back in i think it was 2009 when they played twice and it was like quote the game of the century mm-hmm. um so there's definitely been some huge moments in this rivalry, and it's one that really goes a long way towards that and the Iron Bowl go towards, you know, determining the SEC West, um, or they have recently. So um, that's number five pick. 
Um, number six, I've got Florida, Florida State. Um, just a huge in-state rivalry, and especially like like Zach said, growing up here, like everyone, regardless of if they went to those schools or if their parents went, um, someone you're gonna be wearing one of those teams' colors come that week. Yeah, and, and even <laughs> even too, if you're if you're a Georgia fan, you're you're rooting hard yeah. for Florida State. If you're a Miami fan, you're rooting hard for Florida too. So. Right, uh, it, it involves everybody. So <laughs> yeah, and these, especially like when you look at the even the players, you know, most mm-hmm. of Florida and Florida State's rosters, I would say about seventy percent all come from parts of Florida. So I'm sure they've all played each other, yeah. you know, in high school. So these guys know each other, and uh, it's kind of personal in that regard as well. So definitely a big game there. Um, number seven, I've got the River Shootout, um, Oklahoma versus Texas. Um, just nothing. Another one is a big deal. I had to get the Big 12 in here somehow. Um, but that's always an entertaining <laughs> matchup. Uh, usually been pretty high scoring. Um, so it's mm-hmm. definitely an entertaining one to watch on TV. And I think it is cool, like um, like Georgia, Florida later on this list, that it's um, at a neutral site. Definitely gives it like a cool atmosphere and big game vibe to it. Um, and number eight, I've got the Holy War, uh, BYU versus Utah. Um, kind of like what Zach said, this was one that's a little bit slept on because it's it is out west. Um, it's two teams that haven't really been like national title con- contenders, um, of late, and it also takes place, um, one of the first few weeks of the season, so it's, you know, not rivalry week or anything like that. But it definitely deserves its credit as well. It's a really long-standing rivalry. Um, definitely some huge passion in there, and um. Yeah, definitely it's a big game that deserves some more recognition. Um, number nine, I've got Florida, Georgia. Um, like the other guys said, kind of went over this one pretty well, but it's um, just a big event, especially I'm from Jacksonville as well, so every year it's a huge thing on the calendar for everybody here. Um, and then last and tenth, I went with a little bit of bias here. I had to throw the war on I-4 in there, uh, UCF versus U.S. Versus USF, um, a, definitely a newer rivalry. It's only, um, we've only met like 10 to 15 times, something like that. Um, and it hasn't been the most competitive, but I think there was that crazy game. I know Zach, Zach was there with me. Yeah, um, that was crazy. Yeah, in 2017. <laughs> um, definitely one of the best football games I've seen. And I think this is one that's going to be, um, start becoming bigger um, in future years, like, takes place on black friday every year so it's one of the Mm -hmm. few college football games because you know most of the rivalry games are that saturday or they're on thanksgiving so it's got it always gets a big you know tv slot so i think it's one that hopefully you know stays competitive and it could be a pretty um big big rivalry every year you know more like national sense soon what did you uh were you getting like super nervous in that 2017 game because i know that what ucf was like trying to go undefeated there were you like getting really nervous that, <laughs> that they were gonna get that they were gonna get handed their lo- their first loss that one was intense cause it looked like usf had it a few times like the last it was like, crazy man. Minutes, <laughs> it, well, well, it, it was, was funny uh, it was funny because i remember for that game actually because you two were at it but i was actually in florida that weekend for thanksgiving i was in jacksonville actually <laughs> so and, and that game was on tv i was like i wonder if like because i figured nate probably went to it because it was in orlando but i was like i wonder if and zach told me that he was going to it too so i was like yeah i was like man i wonder how they're enjoying this game because this is a close close game it was especially that was a great game yeah, especially was... since ucf was in like you know they were trying to vie for that spot in the college football playoff and it was like if they lose this game then any hope of that is like completely gone like it's a slim yeah. hope anyway but like they can't lose this game and yeah. also too uh people forget this but if usf had won that they would have won the uh that the american east um, right so, right, yeah, so yeah, it, that was on that was on Auburn then yeah, that that was at stake. I don't know if they would have ended up beating Memphis or not, but uh, but yeah, I mean they would have at least prevented UCF from winning the American, which you know was still to be decided by that week. So uh, even though they had lost like one or two games, they were still ranked. Both teams were ranked. So um, so yeah, that was, that was definitely the highlight of this uh, this series. But I give the War on I four props for their name aiming because yeah. that's yeah that's a pretty clever name uh because i4 you know the major thoroughway runs through both the cities so it's uh 
it's a good rivalry. I thought about including it, but I was like, Nate will probably have it, so I'll let yeah. him talk about it. <laughs> a little bit biased. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk about some snacks now. Break out, everybody. Just go, if you're watching or listening to this, go go get your favorite snack because this might make you hungry. It's a little warning here. Go get a snack to eat. Yeah, pause the video. Pause the video. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric, tell us about your top 10 snacks. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go in the opposite order here. I'm gonna go from number ten to number one. So okay, there it goes. I didn't see the chair screen for a second. I was like, oh, I'm gonna bust out my list. Okay. <laughs> so coming in at number ten here, I've got the great Macho Man Randy Savage holding up a pack of pack of Slim Jims. Uh, Obviously, since I've got them at number 10, you know, they're not my favorite snack, but I used to eat these all the time. I don't eat them quite as much now, but Slim Jims are used to be a big staple for me. And like I said, I still enjoy them from time to time. So got them at number 10. And then number nine, these have been a little more recent for me. I know Zach and I, we, we were, Zach Connor and I were kind of coming up with our list together and Zach and I had a disagreement on this one, but Zach was like, "Ooh, <laughs> I can't stand those, man." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I I went with uh, Ruffles uh, cheddar and sour cream. So, so Zach, you just don't like. You said you don't like sour cream, like anything in snacks. Yeah, I'm not like, a no. I'm not not a big on the flavoring combination. Yeah. Or just eat them out raw. Like I'm not a big fan. <laughs> of it, so. It's crazy you because them, you put them in a chip, like how fast. <laughs> it's crazy because I don't really care for like real sour cream, but like these cheddar and sour cream are pretty good. It, you taste more of the the cheddar flavor than you do the sour cream mm-hmm. flavor. But I am a pretty big fan of those. But out of my, I got other chips on here. And then coming in at number eight, I've got Cool Ranch Doritos. I debated on if I should only put one kind of Dorito, but between the nacho cheese and the Cool Ranch, I mean, would, if you like Doritos, I mean, you know, like, these two are the biggest staples, and so I, I, I had to have Cool Ranch Doritos on my list. And then at number seven, I went with Peanut Butter Twix, uh, probably one of my greatest moments in life which i know most people that like twix you're gonna say that you're gonna say the caramel are the better ones which is what susan used to do but i actually converted susan from oh the God. traditional caramel twix to the peanut butter twix she likes them better and i've, so nev- I've never seen moment. one of these i've never they, seen them either i don't know how because when i lived in jacksonville i saw i used to get them all the time and then here in Texas, I see him quite a bit. So you're just not looking hard enough, guys. That maybe next time we trip off. <laughs> I to didn't bring even know Twix made multiple flavors to be honest. Neither did I. <laughs> yeah, they actually have a they have the white chocolate caramel one too. Like if you like white chocolate, what? you might like that. But I, it, Eric that knows everything about so, Twix, guys. <laughs> clear, clearly, Zach and I have missed something. Yeah, yeah. y'all obviously are looking. Look at that picture right there. Take a mental screenshot of that and go look yeah, for that that's... because it's really good. The between the softness of the chocolate and the peanut butter and then the like crunchy of the cookie, it's oh, such okay. a great combo. And there's a lot of these like dessert type of snacks on here that I'll have. I love all of them with milk. So, uh. <laughs> well, well, well I, I have a question for you, Eric. So I yes. see when I'm reading this label, it says creamy peanut butter. Do they also make a crunchy peanut butter Twix? <laughs> uh, I have not seen that. Uh, that I that wow, much I have Eric not has seen. Not seen a potential flavor. For <laughs> <laughs> well, the down. crazy thing is too is Twix isn't even my favorite candy bar, but that's why okay, it's number okay. seven. But at the same time, just <laughs> those peanut peanut butter Twix are just. Yeah. Anything, anything chocolate and peanut butter together oh, is, I love it. So, uh, <laughs> number six, I've got uh, chocolate chip cream pies. Now, what I, what I normally get are the little Debbie brands, which they're not as good as like what you see in this picture if you're looking on YouTube. But if you can find a way to like get them like this or make them yourself, where you can get a little more icing in there, it, and with like a real chocolate chip cookie oh my god so good but 
I normally eat the Little Debbie's because that's the only way I can get them, which are still good, but not as good as the style in this picture. But another sweet treat for me that I love. Now, number five, we also had some debate about this one when we were when I was putting them in my list. Which one, Zach or Connor, which one of you was to say you didn't like the like mint ice? I don't. Connor, you don't. Okay. See, but but I, you, you were saying that it's like a, a thin mint cookie. It's not like mint chocolate. It's not like mint chocolate chip ice yeah, cream. It's, but... Yeah, it's not like because I guess most people when they think of ice, the like mint ice cream, you think of the green like the yeah. mint mm-hmm. chocolate chip. You think of like that. Where, but it's more of a yeah. like I said, it's more of a peppermint and the cookie. The chocolate part is like Oreo cookie, not just like little bits of chocolate chip. So it's not quite as overpowering on the mint i do like mint chocolate chip too but that didn't crack my top 10 though this but this one from ben and jerry's this mint chocolate cookie unbelievably good uh <laughs> I, they, they know they know how to make ice cream it's just expensive. yes yeah they do I, <laughs> yeah ice cream's not my biggest snack that's why i've only got one in the top 10 but at the same time like when i do go for ice cream like that's the one i'm gonna get and the number four i get this at the restaurant i work at all the time and I surprised you haven't gotten tired of it yet. <laughs> I would do it every day if I could, but <laughs> chips and queso. Oh man. Especially the queso that my restaurant serves. It is so good. Uh, and just with, you know, the traditional chips that you would eat with it. But man, if one, one time I worked a party a lot, like obviously this was way before the Corona stuff, but I worked this big party and they had ordered, they ordered this like, big ass bowl oh sorry for the language there <laughs> they ordered this huge <laughs> bowl of queso with their all their food and stuff and then like barely anybody like put any on their plate and so at the end we're like do you guys want us to like pack this up for you to take with you and they're like no nah, just do whatever with it so i just went and got the like 32 ounce cup and just like <laughs> loaded it up and took it home oh that was great gosh. that was a great that, that was a great night Every, everybody's like everybody's like no nah, we don't care and eric's like mine Forget, you know oh no other people wanted it too i had to fight people off oh. i got my fair portion but it was the but the people that hosted the party for some reason didn't want it so like all the co-workers and i were just like boom like yeah we were loading it up <laughs> But, um, yeah, so huge fan there, but moving on, uh, number three. So I could take like 10 Reese's peanut butter cups products and like, just make them all be a top 10. But I went with my favorite one, which surprisingly is not the traditional peanut butter cups. Uh, the Reese's sticks are my favorite Reese's product. They are unbelievably good with the wafer crisp cookie and the peanut butter in the middle it's almost like a like a nutty bar from little debbie if you've had those but they're i like the flavor of these better and just i love reese's okay number two (laughs) uh my to the other doritos nacho cheese the classic dorito these are by far my favorite chips i've had moments though where i've eaten them too much and briefly got a little tired of them but all throughout time i got zach hooked on these a long time ago i'll tell that story later zach will tell that story when it gets to it and i picked this picture (laughs) since the amazing gal gadot was on it with wonder woman 84 (laughs) getting ready to come out so i specifically picked that picture and then number one this would probably if you don't know me this would probably come as a surprise because with everything else i'd mentioned you'd be like this is your number one but Fudge rounds from the Little Debbie brand are my favorite snack of all time. If my friends at Harrison's happen to listen to this, they'll know. They told me one time that like, I think I ate like five or six in a night one time at their house. And they were like, I bet if there was a fight to the death in the tournament and the, the sole survivor got to eat the last fudge round in the history of Earth, you would enter and win somehow. I said, You're, I probably would. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fudge rounds, just the the chocolate on the outside, the like the chocolate icing in the middle. It's just so great. And then I will say though, you have to pair it with an ice cold glass of milk, as you can see in that picture there. That is my own personal Jaguars glass. There, I took that picture myself. Uh, the first user it, photo that we yes, have on not, here. I did not Google search this picture. I took it myself. <laughs> uh, very proud moment. <laughs> So there's my top 10 snacks, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, 
kind of like my college football list though if you disagree i'm not going to care you you won't be able to <laughs> this is obviously an all biased list anyway yeah. so i i respect other people's yeah. top ends but if you hate on mine too bad i don't care <laughs> all right. a lot of uh i switched the screen now to nate's a lot of different colors pop up on nate's screen so nate yeah. tell us about your top 10 here <laughs> all right so, yeah i've got some interesting picks here uh, i'm gonna go one to ten um so i don't get mixed up but i've got um chili cheese fritos at number one those are i don't know why those have always been like my favorite um chips um those in like the um freaking the other one now but those have been my favorite pretty much forever i like chili in real life and you put the um you know regular fritos in it and that's a good combo, and the the flavoring on these is like really good. Um, tastes pretty um, much like real chili, I feel like. And uh, I can eat like a whole bag of these like at once. Like it's, they're they're great. <laughs> um, <laughs> then number two, I've got um, chocolate chip cookies. Um, pretty much in general, those are my favorite. But especially if you like you make them, you know, obviously homemade, um, right out of the oven. Like I don't know what kind of other sweet really beats that. Um, so that's my number two pick. Uh, number three, I've got guacamole. Um, the chips are, you know, included with that. You gotta have something to dip in them. But I think that's another thing I could just put out there and I could just eat, like, take chip after chip and just keep going in on it. Like, that and at a restaurant, like, it's so bad. Like, I'll mm-hmm. just go crazy and guac. So that's, <laughs> that's my number three. You don't fill up on, you don't fill up on bread. You fill up on guac. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's bad. They keep like refilling that guac the chips. Looks good too, man. Like that's that some... picture of guac looks good. Did you make yeah. that or something? No, I searched, I searched guacamole on Google, but I got to go back and find that recipe though. Cause it was like <laughs> one of those ones was like, make your own guacamole. Yeah. Uh, I was about to say, like, man, that was I, I was say, if that was his picture, like, man, that's the best like stock looking photo. Yeah. Like, I got to stick my hand there and I was just balance the chip and how my phone you know, taking the picture. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, that's, that's a good one. We, um, we actually grow some avocados. We have a tree in our backyard. So we do make our own home homemade guacamole once in a while. Once the, uh, uh, once you get a few avocados in every year, so that's good as well. Over to your house when you do that next time, Nate. <laughs> yeah, next fall for sure. Like definitely when they come in, we don't yeah. get that many, which is kind of a bummer. But we usually, you know, get two or three that's at a time. Nice. We can make a nice bowl. But um, yeah. So that's my third pick. Um, fourth, I've got brownies. Um, that's another one of those sweets that it's probably my favorite. Like outside of, I didn't put ice cream on here. I didn't think to do it because I didn't really feel like it was a snack per se like i wouldn't just sit down and eat ice cream but like as a dessert that's definitely top oh, tier trust but... me, some people do yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me when you get those when you, yeah. when you get the, i was say when you, when you get those like ben and, the ben and jerry's cups or like the hagen dazs cups or oh, whatever <laughs> yeah that theme park stuff. yeah but yeah i got brownies on here is another sweet i guess that's more like sort of more of a snack than a dessert i guess but um that's another good one my fifth pick is definitely gonna raise some eyebrows a little bit but i'm gonna explain it here i put french's like the fried onions that you get and you like put them on usually like a green bean casserole or some other kind of food and i don't know if y'all have done this but like my mom like makes green bean casserole for like thanksgiving and christmas or whatever and that like, we buy these to put on top and I'll just be like sitting there, like eating them straight out of this thing. Like, I could, I could honestly buy one. Of my sister did it. I don't know. It, it, it's like, I don't, man, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot like onion rings, honestly. Like they're a little bit more like crispy fried, but like, I it, does, it says it right there too, crispy fried. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just like the texture is like more crunchy, but like it's basically the closest thing you can get to onion rings without going to um, a restaurant and buying some. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I. Definitely I give it a try sometimes. <laughs> that sounds weird, but um that's my weird like my one weird like snacking crave, I guess. Um so number six, I've got buffalo chicken dip. Um like guacamole, like that's another one that there's a Super Bowl party or something, like if someone um makes that, like that's another thing I can sit there and like sh- Double chips forever until like, someone <laughs> stops me. <laughs> stop. Just love the texture and the yeah, uh, like the texture and the um, it's like buffalo wings kind of flavor and 
Um, yeah, she's great. Um, number, what number is this? Seven. I've got Thin Mints. Um, probably my, f- that or Samoa are probably my favorite girls. She got cookies, but I'll give the edge to Thin Mints here because that's usually one my family gets um, whenever they come around, I guess. Um, that's usually what we end up with, but that's definitely one you'll eat a whole sleeve of those. Like, there's, I don't know, they're like light. Yeah. So you eat, a, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you eat other sugary stuff and like you eat a little bit and your stomach kind of feels like full, but these, like, I don't know, you can eat a bunch of them and not really, really feel too bad, I don't feel like. Um, so that's definitely a plus. Um, number eight, I have Pop Tart, specifically s'mores. Um, that's kind of my go to flavor. Um, all of them are pretty good. Um, not just like at breakfast time, like any time of day, like it's a nice little snack, throw in the toaster and get it all like melty and all that. It's definitely a, especially the s'mores, you get that like all melty and warm from the toaster. That's a top tier um, snack yeah. right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> then uh, nine and ten, nine I've got Tostitos Hint of Lime variety. Um, it's a good dipping option, but by themselves, it's pretty solid, like snack there um pretty good chip i like the lime uh flavoring like it's not too much i don't feel like but it's just the right amount of like like distinct flavor i guess so those those definitely <laughs> hit pretty good when i'm in the right mood for them and then uh number 10 is cheetos like the crunchy kind um it's definitely like a really solid uh, chip option um really can't go wrong with them i like the puffs too but um crunchy is just as good so um that's what i went with but yeah that's my top 10 there <laughs> very good top 10 nate i, I will like a lot of comments. yeah I'll comment one thing about the pop tarts man the those s'mores pop tarts i lived off those uh at school lunch man when oh, yeah. every other day <laughs> i would buy those in the lunch line man that was like that if i got anything other than like a meal I'd get the the s'mores pop tarts. Oh, I live yeah, <laughs> Unfortunately for me, like I used to love those too, but I, for me, I've just eaten so many of them that I've unfortunately got tired of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so I gotta like I gotta space some new snacks out. Yeah. I can't have them every day. Yeah, yeah. I want to put myself out. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had buffalo that like buffalo chicken dip, but that looks really good. I'm gonna have to find a way to try that sometime. <laughs> Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> Future top ten snacks episode that might be in there. I don't know. 